I um, sometimes really struggle with wanting what I want. Uh, I have a struggle with denying myself the things that I want. Uh, it's part of the reason I used to look like this. Um, not the guy on the, the, the right, but the guy on the left. That's me uh, about nine years ago. Uh, it's because I want, <laughs> still do, lots and lots of fast food. <laughs> uh, I have struggle with self-denial. Uh, specifically when it comes to fast food. It, there was a time in my life when I would wake up and the first thought I had in the morning, kid you not, first thought was, where am I going to eat today? I was like, okay, there, we have the, there's Hardee's. We don't have Hardee's here, but we had Hardee's. And uh, they had this, uh, the Monster Burger. <laughs> Folks, there were eight pieces of bacon on this hand. Why did I look like that? Because there's eight pieces of bur uh, bacon on that cheeseburger. That's why. It was Hardee's, it was Culver's, it was Arby's, it was Burger King, it was McDonald's. And, and it led to a variety of health issues and problems that I had because I couldn't deny myself. I couldn't say no to myself, to my desire for fast food. I just couldn't say no. And, and so uh, I was 326 pounds at my heaviest, about that. And... and and it got to the point, I tried everything. I knew I needed to lose weight, and I was unhealthy. I had high blood pressure. I had high cholesterol. Did you know the French fries are bad for you? Really, they are. They are. They're, they're not good for you. No. High blood pressure, high cholesterol, high triglycerides. I was pre-diabetic. I was in bad shape, literally. And I tried everything I could do to lose weight. I tried uh, Weight Watchers. Went to weight wa I tried Weight Watchers three different times. And eventually, you know, they're like, okay, you can't come back here because, like, you know, we, we like success stories, you know, and we're glad to take your money, but this is not working. You need something else. No, I'm kidding. No, Weight Watchers is great. It really is. They do a lot of good. Um, but I, I tried Weight Watchers. I tried medication. I saw my doctor. Uh, I tried uh, working out, you know, and that would last for about, oh, I don't know, a week. And then it was like, treadmill is my enemy. I don't want to be on the treadmill anymore. Um, so uh, I tried working out. I, I tried diets. I did the Atkins diet. I thought this is perfect. Atkins diet for me, excellent. Protein power plan, I can do this. Why? Because I get to eat all the meat I want. And I, I'm a meat eater. I'm a carnivore. Uh, I'm a meatitarian. Um, I eat meat. I love meat. Um, but I love pizza too. And uh, guess what? Atkins diet, you can't have good tasting pizza. You can have pizza, but it's not real pizza. It's not like Chicago style pizza. Oh no, no. And I'm sorry if I'm making you hungry. I know I'll try and make this quick, I promise. Um, but uh, you, know, you can't have pizza on the Atkins diet. So I quickly fell off the Atkins diet wagon. Uh, and, and sure enough, I would lose 10 pounds. I'd lose 20 pounds. I'd lose 60 pounds. And then I would find it again kept coming back because I couldn't deny myself. I couldn't say no to the fast food. That was my biggest downfall. I couldn't say no to that. I couldn't deny myself at all. And so finally, I sat across from a doctor who said, you need this surgery. I had gastric bypass surgery nine years ago. And this doctor looked at me and says, you need this. I said, no, I think I can do it. He goes, no, you have failed time and time again. There's no way you're going to lose this weight unless you have this surgery. It was a very sobering thought. It was a very uh, terrifying thing, and it was a moment of complete and utter just surrender to the realization that I had failed. And, and so I had the surgery, and I prayed so hard, and, and I lost 140 pounds. 
uh, and then, uh, and I found 35, but I've kept off 105 pounds for nine years. And it's still a struggle, though, because you, you'll see my car pull into McDonald's. Don't judge. I'll pull into McDonald's, and it's like, I can't eat Big Macs anymore. I, I, just a little cheeseburger is all I can fit in my little tiny tum- tummy now, but, um, but it's still a struggle because I want what I want. And maybe you have a struggle. Maybe you have a struggle with self-denial. Maybe there's something going on in your life. And maybe it is food. Maybe for you it's food too. Been there, done that. It's hard. Food is hard. We live in a country where we have so much good food. I mean, it, it's all around. I mean, none of it's good for us, but there's, it, it all tastes good. And it's readily available. So maybe your struggle with food and just denying yourself. And you're living an unhealthy life. You have an unhealthy life and an unhealthy uh, addiction to food. Or, or maybe it's, it's a different thing. Maybe you're struggling with something else. Maybe it's a, a sexual thing and, and, and you struggle with, your, uh, with uh, sexual immorality because you can't deny yourself. You can't say no to yourself. You can't say no to, to internet pornography or that affair or that lustful attitude. You just can't say no. And you struggle with sexual immorality. Or, or maybe you struggle with greed and saying no to the things that you want. And you struggle with materialism and consumerism. And you're spending all your money on stuff that doesn't matter. Stuff that's going to fall apart or wear out or break down. And you don't invest your money in things that last forever like God's kingdom. You don't invest your money in things like that. And instead you're just wasting it on stuff of this world. And you can't say no to yourself because you want what you want. I know. I've been there. I've done that. Still struggle with it. Self-denial is not easy. Self-denial is very, very hard. I'm not going to stand here and tell you, oh yeah, it's, it's a breeze, it's a piece of cake. No, it, it, it requires death. And we'll get into that in just a few minutes. As we look at a passage of scripture from Luke chapter 9 this morning, and that's what we're going to be talking about as we talk about self-denial. We're looking at, we're starting a brand new series called Selfie. And... Uh, Really, that's my selfie. In fact, I want you, if you have a smartphone somewhere today here in this building at some point, uh, take a selfie and post it to Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, whatever you do. Uh, post it online. Just, y- y- you can do it right now if you want. I'll give you permission. Uh, just take a selfie real quick. Use the hashtag GFCCSelfie and just say, I'm at Griffith First Christian Church and we're talking about selfies today. And in fact, we're going to talk about selfies for the next four weeks. And we're going to talk about uh, what it means to deny the self today. We're talking about selfie denial today. We're going to talk about selfie esteem. We're going to talk about selfie righteousness, and we're going to talk about selfie control. And so those are the four areas of the self that we're going to talk about over the next four weeks, uh, including, like I said, today we're talking about selfie denial. And we're looking at Luke chapter 9, uh, verses 18 through 27. And this story uh, of Jesus and his folks, awesome, uh, <laughs> This story that we're going to look at today takes place in three Gospels. It takes place in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And we're looking at Luke's Gospel because Luke uses a word in his description of the passage, in his retelling of the account, that is not found in the others. It's not found in Matthew. It's not found in Mark. But it's a word that is so very important because it reminds us how often we need to do this, to deny the self. And so we're going to look at Luke 9, 18 through 27, but we will refer to Matthew and Mark 
as well in just a little bit. So we're going to start. If you uh, brought your Bible, great. Uh, if you didn't bring your Bible, um, uh, you can grab one out of the chair in front of you. Uh, there should be one down there somewhere. Uh, or if you have your phone or tablet and you want to use that, feel free. Luke chapter 9, verses, 23, uh, verses 18 through 27. And we're going to start with verses 18 through 22. Once... When Jesus was praying in private and his disciples were with him, he asked them, Who do the crowds say I am? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others that one of the prophets of long ago has come back to life. But what about you, he asked them. Who do you say I am? Peter answered, The Christ of God. Jesus strictly warned them not to tell this to anyone, and he said, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law. And he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. That question, that question that Jesus asks his disciples rings down through history. It rings down across the ages. And it comes to you and me today. Who do you say that I am? See, a lot of people have an opinion about Jesus. A lot of people believe that he's just a good man, or he's a good moral example, or he was a good teacher, or he was a prophet, or, or he, was a, uh, he was just a good man, right? A lot of people believe that Jesus was a good guy. Who do you say I am? He asks you today. He asked me today, who do you say I am? He asked Peter, who do you say I am? Peter said, you are the Christ of God meaning you are the Messiah, you are the anointed one, you are the sent one, you are the one promised by God who would come and take away the sins of the world. You are the one who was promised who would come into the world to take away the sins of the world. And Jesus did just that. When he died on the cross for your sins and my sins, he took the punishment that our sins deserve. He took our place on the cross. We deserve death. We deserve an eternity separated from God in hell, but that's not what we get. Because what we get is a, the opportunity to have eternal life. If we will believe in Jesus Christ, if we will put our faith and trust in him, if we will believe in him and repent from our sins, confess our faith and be baptized, Christ will wash us clean. He will forgive our sins. He will give us the promise of eternal life. Let's face it, we all want the same things in life. Pretty much we want the same things. We want to be good parents. How many of you have children who want to be a good parent? All right, how many of you have grandchildren who want to be a good grandparent? Uh, how many of you want to be a good spouse? I should see a lot of hands. You, know, you should want to be a good spouse, okay? I, I want to be a good spouse. Um, you know, or, or we want to be a good worker, or we want to be, we want the same things in life. We have a lot of the same purpose in life, and that we want to be a, a, a good follower of Jesus, or we want to be a good spouse, a good parent, a good grandparent, a good worker, a good friend. But I think when it comes down to it, we all really want the same thing. Is that we want to go to heaven, <laughs> How many of you want to go to heaven? I mean, not right now, but like someday, right? I want to go to heaven. So how do I get there? It's through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And how do you get into this relationship? It's by putting your faith and trust in him. And you begin this relationship with Jesus that only he can give you. This relationship that is life transforming, that is life changing. This relationship that, that takes you from a place of hopelessness and despair and fills you with hope and meaning and purpose. Knowing that Jesus Christ loves you. That God loves you. And he sent his son Jesus to sacrifice his life for you. And now you can have eternal life. You can go to heaven someday when he calls you home. 
but there's a formula there's something that we that there's something we do in response to this and it's called well, it's a very simple formula we're going to look at here in just a second but I want to I want to talk I told you that there was this passage of scriptures found in three different places here in Luke also in Matthew and Mark because there's something that takes place in Matthew's gospel and Mark's gospel that's not found here in Luke's gospel after Jesus uh, says to to them not to warn anyone then he tells them that he is going to go to Jerusalem and he is going to suffer and he is going to die for their sins and then on the third day be raised again and sure enough he was he went to Jerusalem he was crucified he was buried and he was raised on the third day just like he said he would be and then Peter in Matthew's gospel take a look at this Matthew 16 22 through 23 Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him never Lord he said this shall never happen to you Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. And he is telling him that he's not calling him Satan. He's just telling him that the things that he is saying are satanically inspired. That the things he he is saying is not the will of God. It was the will of God that Jesus would suffer. It was the will of God that Jesus would die. It was the will of God that Jesus would be raised the things that Peter was thinking with the heart of a man. Peter's thinking, you're my best friend. I don't want you to die. I don't want you to suffer. I'm not going to let this happen to you. If I got to pull a sword and cut a guy's ear off, which he did, if I got to do that, I'm going to do whatever I can to defend you and to save you and to protect you. And Jesus says, that's not the plan, Peter. That's not the plan. Get behind me. In other words, quit thinking about yourself. Quit thinking about what you want. Get behind me and start following me to where we have to go. Because where we're going is Jerusalem. And in Jerusalem, there's a cross. And then Jesus talks about the cross in verse, chapter 9, verse 23, here in Luke. Look at verse 23. He said to them all, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. That word daily is not found in Matthew's gospel or Mark's gospel. It's only found here in Luke's gospel. And I think it's just a, it's just a little word, but it's so very important. Because it tells us what it means to be a daily follower of Jesus Christ. You see, here in Luke's gospel, he says, that if you want to come after me, if you want to go where I'm going, if you want to be where I will be, if you want to come after me and be my follower, then this is what you have to do. The first thing you have to do is deny yourself. You have to deny yourself, your selfish desires, your selfish ambitions, your, your, your selfish ways, your selfish thoughts you have to deny yourself then you have to take up your cross and see in those days they understood what that meant they these disciples had seen people crucified before and they knew what this meant crucifixion was reserved for the worst of the worst as far as criminals were concerned the very worst criminals were crucified it wasn't a common thing. It was if you were an insurgent, if you were uh, if you were someone who would was trying to overthrow the empire, they would crucify you. And when it says to take up your cross, what they would do is they would strap the cross beam to your back, to your shoulders, and you would have to carry the cross from the place of sentencing to the place of crucifixion through the streets as people mock you and and throw things at you and and and, and spit on you. You would have to carry the cross beam. You would have to carry your own instrument of execution to the place where they would kill you. And so what Jesus is saying is the first thing you've got to do is deny yourself. Then you've got to take up your cross every single day. That means you've got to die to yourself every single day. And it's not an option. It's not, oh, that's what good Christians do. 
Good Christians deny themselves. Good Christians take up their cross. Good Christians follow. This is for anybody, Jesus says, if anyone would come after me, if you want to be my follower, if you want to follow me, this this is what you have to do. Because he says, you must deny yourself. You must take up your cross and follow me. And that's the last thing he says, is you have to follow me. That means going where Jesus goes. It means following his leading. It means surrendering your life to his. It means surrendering your will to his. Submitting to him in every single thing. Submitting to the lordship of Jesus Christ. And when we say that Jesus Christ is Lord, he is either Lord of all or he is not Lord at all. If you want Jesus to be your savior, he's got to be your Lord too. Because he doesn't, he doesn't say one, it's one or the other. It's not one way or the other. He is either Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, or he is nothing. So you've got to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow Jesus. And that's what this is all about. And that's why we do what we do here. We're all about helping people follow Jesus. We want people to follow him because he knows where he's going if you want to be where he is, you've got to follow him there. And the path, the formula for following Jesus is simple. Deny, die, follow. Deny, die, follow. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow Jesus. That's what it's all about. And, 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 and that's not where the passage ends. Because he, this is what he says after this in verse uh, 24. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit his very self or soul? If anyone is ashamed of me in my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. I tell you the truth, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. As far as what verse 27 means, I have no idea, but I know what verses 24 through 26 means. It means that if I want to follow Jesus, it means I have to acknowledge him not only with my lips, but with the way I live my life. That I cannot deny Jesus in the ways that I live. I cannot deny Jesus in the things that I say. I cannot deny Jesus in the things that I do. I need to deny myself in those areas. Because if I want to be where Jesus is, if I want to live forever with him, if I want to live, for eternal, live eternally, I have to deny, die, and follow. And that means going wherever he says to go. It means doing the things that he says to do. It means surrendering my will and sur- surrendering, surrendering my ways to him and to his will and to his ways because like I said Jesus is where I want to be I want to be in heaven Jesus is already there and how do I get there I follow him I deny I die I follow so what does this look like on a practical level what does this look like in the ways that we live and it could be like I said in one of the areas I was talking about earlier it could be that you struggle with greed and not denying yourself when it comes to things and and stuff and money and you'll do whatever it takes to get more money you'll cut corners you'll cheat you'll lie you'll steal this does not please god this is not the way that we're supposed to live and when we will not deny ourselves but instead we will do everything we can to get more and more and more and we hoard and we hoard and we hoard and we we build up bigger barns for ourselves to put more stuff in i mean is it really going to make you happy is it really going to give you a satisfying life? A, a bigger house, a bigger car, a, a newer car, uh, a more clothes? Oh, I'm so ashamed. Um, I have a clothes obsession. You know, you all know this. Most of you know this. I have a clothes obsession, okay? I'll admit it. I have a clothes obsession. It doesn't satisfy. 
You know why? Because cause they get holes in them. And I get yelled at if I wear jeans with holes in them up here. It's bad enough I'm wearing jeans, but um, they get holes in them. The car rusts out. The car breaks down. It needs new brakes. It needs, uh, it needs oil changes all the time, for crying out loud. Uh, it needs new tires. It, you know, it, it's all these things. And when we try to fill the holes in our lives with the things of this world, we will discover that we are not satisfied. And we just want more and more and more and more. And so maybe you have an unhealthy appetite for things or an unhappy, uh, unhealthy appetite for stuff, an unhealthy appetite for, for money. You've got to deny yourself. You've got to deny that unhealthy appetite. Or maybe you have an unhealthy appetite uh, for another area of your life or maybe an, an unhealthy appetite uh, for relationships that are not pleasing to God. Maybe you have an unhealthy appetite uh, to fit in or to be accepted, to be popular. I know some of my teenagers here may struggle with that today. That it's like I'll do whatever it can to whatever I can to fit in. I'll do whatever I can uh, to to be accepted. I just want to be popular. I know I was there. I failed miserably at it. I was not popular. Not like now. But I know what it's like to, to have that struggle for popularity. And let me tell you what, strapping a cross to your back is not the popular thing to do. So let me encourage you, all my teenage friends, all right, and young people who are struggling with popularity, who are struggling with trying to fit in, you're not going to fit in with the cross on your back. But you know what? If you deny Jesus, if you, if you will not deny yourself, then you are denying Jesus. Okay, if you will not deny yourself, then you are you're denying Jesus. And Jesus says that if we deny him in the things that we say, if we deny him with our lifestyles, if we deny knowing him, he will deny knowing us. Well, my friends, today, whatever you're, whatever you're going through, whatever we're struggling with, whether it would be some sinful habit, some sinful addiction, some sinful behavior, and, 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 and we're rationalizing it away, and we're compromising it away, and we're just saying, oh, you don't understand, Sean. You don't know what my life is like. You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know how hard it is to be me. No, I know how hard it is to be me. Okay, I know my own rationalizations. I know my own compromises that I make. And it's not healthy and it's not right. And I'm repenting of it. And I got to do it daily. So do you. See, the formula is very simple. Deny, die, follow. And there's that word that Luke throws in there. Oh, Dr. Luke, why would you do this to us? He says you got to do it I don't want to stand up here on the stage and tell you that, oh, no, it's easy. You got it. You know, you just work a little harder at it. Try a little more. I'm not going to stand here and tell you that it's easy. I'm not going to stand here and tell you, that, yeah, you know, it's okay. A few rationalizations, a few compromises later, it'll be all right. You know, because that eats away at your soul, and it eats away at your heart. And Jesus says, what does it profit you to gain everything and anything in this world, but yet lose the one thing that is going to last forever, and that is your soul. Don't give up eternity for the temporary. Don't give up your soul for the things of this world. Don't give up on Jesus because you can't or won't deny yourself. Let us learn to deny ourselves. Let us learn to deny ourselves of our unhealthy appetites, our unhealthy sins, our unhealthy addictions. And instead, let us fill our lives. Let us be filled with the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk more about that in a couple weeks.
But until then, let us daily deny, die, and follow.